Greetings and felicitations. Welcome. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Welcome and thank you for listening to my latest uh, episode. Well, today is Sunday. It is August the 8th and uh, we're getting closer to my birthday. I will be turning 60. I'm not 60 yet, but I will be turning 60, uh, as was explained to me in a roundabout way. Um, anyway, what I'm going to talk about today is uh, something that's been bothering me for a while, and it's starting to get worse. This is my vision. Uh, when you become diabetic, you become prone to uh, a condition called neuropathy. It's when... Uh, there's poor circulation in your lower extremities, that being your, your legs, your feet, or your trunk, what they call your trunk. And uh, I have that. It, it came on about, oh, a couple of years after I was first diagnosed with it, uh, when I was in the hospital having my colon removed. I remember going into the hospital feeling fine. I remember getting out of the hospital with this terrible pain in, in my ankles. It just felt that my, my legs felt like lead. And then it was explained to me that I was suffering from neuropathy. Uh, so over the, the course of uh, that time, I've had various tests with various vascular uh, clinics uh, where they take me and they stab my feet with, uh, with surgical grade needles and wait for a response to see if I feel them. I still have some feeling in my feet, not completely all of it, but... Uh, so I know I have, uh, that's something that I deal with. Although one of the vascular surgeons, Dr. Beats, has uh, cleared most of my arteries in my leg, and my left leg was really bad. Uh, that's the one where I almost lost my toe. And um, fortunately, Dr. Sear was able to save the toe, so I uh, avoided a date with uh, the ampu- amputation uh, surgeon. But I still deal with neuropathy. Now, along with that, there's another kind of neuropathy. It's called retinopathy. What that means is that you're going to start going blind because uh, that's what I have. I have retinopathy. What it is is slowly but surely, as with your legs, the capillaries in your legs start to close off and basically you have neuropathy in your lower extremities due to lack of improper blood flow. The same thing happens to your eyes. The capillaries in your eyes start to close off and do not provide blood to all the parts of the eye and so your eye slowly starts to die. And by that I mean you start to go blind. Uh, it started for me about two years ago when I noticed that things weren't as clear as they used to be. I had trouble reading, I had trouble seeing my phone, looking at my Facebook. I lost the ability to focus. Well, you know, when your eyes hit a book or a newspaper, your eyes automatically focus so you can see the words. My eyes don't do that anymore, so I have to use a magnifying glass, which is a little bit embarrassing. So I bought some of those magnifying glasses that you wear, which are also very bulky and they get in the way because now I have to carry a whole bunch of stuff just to read so I just give up on reading uh, and I have somebody else I have to have somebody else read for me it's even more embarrassing when I have to go to a new doctor and I have to fill out all that paperwork or when I have to sign something I say where do you want me to sign you need to physically point to where you want me to sign and wait for me to get the pen there so I can sign 
it's frustrating because it takes away some of my freedom of mobility, you know, and um, this is something I've been living with now for quite a while, and it's gotten worse, and it's gotten worse, and I did have a doctor, an ophthalmologist explain it to me, because what you're going to notice is like almost like somebody's put a veil over your head, and that's the way you look out. When you see a veil, you see this large, cloudy uh, screen in front of you, and that's basically what I see. Now, it really affects me when I drive, and I'm even coming to the conclusion that maybe I shouldn't be driving, but I have to get myself to and from dialysis. I guess I could use, you know, Via or Uber it, but uh, that costs money, you know, and and I'm on a fixed income now. So anyway, uh, what happens to me, and I'll, I'll just explain it to you, the brighter it is, like it's very bright at clinic, there's the lights overpower my vision and I have trouble seeing because it's so bright. When I go outside and the sun is shining, it's very bright and the, the, the brightness bothers me. When I drive to clinic at 5.30 in the morning, it's still dark and I see good. I can see very well because it's dark. I can still make out street, la- street signs, street lights. Um, during the daytime, that's the biggest problem is street lights. If I'm normal, I'm approaching an intersection that has a light, I'm looking above where the light pole is because I'm looking for the red light. If I don't see red or yellow, I'm assuming that it's green and I proceed through the intersection. That's dangerous. I mean, when you stop and think about it, that's pretty That's pretty crazy, but I still have to get around. I got, I got stuff to do. I got doctors to see. I got life, you know. So... Uh, so anyway, that's the condition of my eyes. Now, my problem really is mostly is insurance, is, is uh, the ability. I, I can't even go and see a regular eye doctor just to get the status of where my eyes are because I do definitely know that I need another pair of glasses big time. So what happens is my Medicare will only cover an eye exam for eyeglasses once a year. Isn't that pathetic? You know, when when you have needs, you know, you should be able to get this stuff done whenever you need it. So anyway, um, I need regular vision checks. You know, so uh, I can't. So I can't now. See, I could go and I could go and get uh, an eye exam with no problem, but. Uh, it has to be with, uh, you know, like a, an eye surgeon, simply because uh, they would have to give the okay for that test to take place, and then Medicare would probably cover it. Now, if I had a supplemental insurance policy, which many people with Medicare have, that would solve a lot of my problems. But the large uh, providers, United United Healthcare, Aetna, Blue Cross Blue Shield, will not will not provide you with one. If you have a if you have chronic kidney disease or cancer, it makes a whole lot of sense when you stop and think about it. The stuff that you really need to get to, to tend to your health, the three basic blocks: mental, emotional, and physical health. You're you've got one hand tied behind your back. So now uh, I was in contact with my the people that take care of my Part D Medicare, that the ones that pay for my prescription drugs, and. Their agent told me something very promising. He said that there's been a change in the law and that this coming year in October, 
when they start the enrollment period, uh, the federal government has changed the laws where now they can provide supplemental insurance through Medicare for people with chronic kidney disease, people with cancer, people who couldn't get it before. So if I can get that come October and get enrolled, I will should be able to have access to an ophthalmologist or some sort of eye doctor. Now, here's my other dilemma. I can go find this this uh, eye group that provides surgical care and everything else and then I find a good doctor who's going to tell me you know what we could have helped you six months ago but you're too far gone now you should have what it should have could have I couldn't see you six months ago because I, I, there was no way I, unless it was out of pocket and I don't have that kind of cash see the whole thing about the insurance program Medicare it's a big catch 22 when you need stuff done they won't pay for it because they know you need it done. But when it's a, a $20,000, you know, gallbladder removal, yeah, they'll pay that, no problem. And even then I still owe because see, because I don't have a supplemental insurance program policy, everything that comes out, comes out of pocket. Like I just had a call, my gallbladder removed, that was a perfect example, I just had my gallbladder removed. Medicare paid $20,000. They pay that to the surgeon. I still owe the surgeon $142, which I'm going to write the check this coming Tuesday and mail that out. So, uh, you see, that's when you have a supplemental insurance policy, that covers that other 20% of your medical costs. And hopefully in October, when that rolls around, I can get that, and most of my problems will start to be solved. Maybe I can start getting try to work on my... Because I've been doing the research. And for retinopathy, there are treatments available for the eye to try to restore vision to the, to the individual because if uh, my driving uh, uh, license is going to expire in two years to 20, well, actually next year, 22, well, yeah, a year and a half, 2022, if I can't pass an eye exam, I'm not going to be able to drive. And that's going to cause problems. You know, so just because I, you know, you may look at me and say, wow, you look pretty good. I'm not. I got problems, but I don't tell you about them because it's, I don't whine to people about my, my stuff. That's my stuff. And it stays private. And um, that's it. So, you know, I, I'm, I know I'm a burden to some people and I don't want to be, but I try to take care of most of my stuff myself. And if I need help, that's when I'll ask for it. But so far, I've been getting by. And hopefully, if I can make it to October and I still qualify for some sort of treatment, I can get this nipped in the bud and uh, and move on with my life. Because I would like to be able to see, you know, at least until the end, hopefully. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's still 60 days away. And we'll see, you know. Let's hope that they change the laws for the better to benefit, you know, people in my with in my in my condition with my condition and uh, other conditions out there because it's just not fair, you know. It's just not right that those that need it can't get it, and it 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 aids into the the process of you being healthy. They don't seem to understand that. It's that that's a weird part because they say they care, and then they don't. It's very frustrating, but uh, once again, that's my problem, and I will deal with it, 
And I thank you for listening, for letting me share my experiences. And, uh, hey, give me some feedback. I don't mind. Email me at uh, all lowercase letters, crackglass60 at gmail.com. C-R-A-C-K-E-D-G-L-A-S-S-6-0 at gmail. And uh, tell me what you think. Or maybe you have, you have a, a different perspective. Maybe there's something I haven't tried you know, but what I would really like is to go find a, an eye doctor that says, you know what, the first thing we're going to do is get you on medicinal marijuana. That would be nice. But I don't think that's going to happen because, hey, you know, I got maybe I do have high eye blood pressure and you need to take that down a notch or two and medicinal marijuana just might help that. But, uh, you know, hey, we'll see, right? Keep your fingers crossed because you never know. Well, you've been listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Thank you for sticking around, and I'll ask you to stick around for a little bit longer. we got more stuff coming up to hit you in the gullet with. All right, thanks a lot. Stick around. Hold on. We'll be right back. And we're back. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. This is your host, Ben Hur. Thank you for sticking around, and welcome back to the program. Well, today is uh, Wednesday, August the... What is today? The 13th. And uh, one thing I want to talk about today is... The fact that... If it wasn't for the TV I have in front of me at clinic... I would have killed somebody by now. Uh, one thing that I'm very good at, I don't know why, maybe I'm good at doing nothing or finding a way to keep my mind occupied while doing nothing. Because dialysis is like they say about combat. It's hours of sheer boredom followed by 30 seconds of absolute sheer terror. The most exciting part of the whole procedure is the getting on the machine and getting off. And then there's a time in between. The time while you're actually letting the machine do what it does. And in the average case of the average person on dialysis, it's four hours. You're sitting there for four hours. Now, if you know anybody that's been on, that's on cancer therapy, chemotherapy, they'll tell you the same thing. Because when you do chemo, you go in, they put the bag into you, and you sit there for almost up to four hours, depending on how long the treatment is. And you sit there. Now, at dialysis, I don't know about, about it, the cancer treatment centers, but at dialysis, they provide you with a TV. And a working remote. And you have a whole choice of different uh, channels to watch. Spanish language, Discovery, uh, AMC, you know, sports channels. I tend to watch Fox. For four, I mean, I, that's how I entertain myself. I pay attention. I don't pay attention. I close my eyes. I, 
I'll drift off and, and play kamikaze, you know, for five minutes and then back to watching the news. Um, the initial stick is not even 30 seconds, depending on the technician, how quick they are. Then once they have the machine running, they're, they're gone because they're tending to other patients and doing other things. Unless you need something, they'll, they'll come around and take care of you. Then at the end of your four hours, they'll shut the machine off, put your blood back into you, and then take the needles out and uh, wait for you to clot up before they send you on your way. I'm talking about that, that in-between time. And like I say, for the most part, it's four hours. But in my case, uh, they've readjusted my time. So, wow, did you hear that? That sounded like a gunshot. Uh, So in the meanwhile, you have to entertain yourself. Most people have cell phones and they're, they're chatting on the phones. I don't know who they're chatting to at 5.30 in the morning. Uh, play games on their phones look at YouTube I used to listen to music now I just watch the TV sorry it's just those gunshots and I'm pretty sure you guys heard them. Well, they were loud enough. So anyway, my time is three hours, 45 minutes. Yeah, it's still four hours, but 15 minutes is 15 minutes. And if they shave that off my time, I'll take it. I'll, I'll take another 15 minutes. They don't mind. But in the, uh, the trade-off is they had to turn the machine up to increase the, the volume of blood flow. Which is no big deal. It doesn't cause me all that much damage. I don't feel any different. But uh, it's the meanwhile. It's the in-between time. What do you do with yourself? You know, it's much more interesting to have somebody to talk to. But, you know, this is a whole new crop of techs. When I first started back when we were at the Rose Verde Towers, which is just right across the street, uh, I had a technician by the name of Don. Every now and then, Don would just pull their chair up and talk. Help pass the time. Because I can't really talk to my other chairmates because we're too far away and you're basically yelling and everybody can hear your business. But Frank used to talk to you. He would pull up a chair and, you know, shoot the breeze. These technicians don't do that. I don't know why. I don't know what it is. Well, maybe it's because they're focused on what it is they're doing. You know, they have four other patients to attend to, so I, I, I understand. But you can look. You can tell by looking at it. Sometimes they're antsy to find something to do too. But uh, you know, it's just this is the world of dialysis. So if you want to avoid having to do what I do for four hours a day, three times a week. Take care of yourselves. Try to eat healthier. Try to drink less. Definitely quit smoking if you smoke. Uh, drink a lot more water. 
lay off the energy drinks because I know a lot of people that drink those energy drinks like it was going out of style. That stuff's not good for you. I mean, have you ever looked at a Red Bull? It looks like transmission fluid. I can't even see myself drinking that. And I would see people at work at the club. The first, as soon as they got in for the shift, they had a big can of Red Bull. They cracked it open and shugged it down. And then halfway through the shift, you would hear them, God, I'm tired. I'm dragging. You just drank a, a Red Bull. And then they drink one of those little five-hour energies, and they're still dragging. I say, you know what? Go home and get a good night's sleep. That's all you need. And quit staying up till five or six in the morning. There's no need for that. Go to bed at a decent hour. You know, you got to take care of yourself. Otherwise, if you don't, there's plenty of chairs next to me on either side. So uh, come on down. We'll hang out for four hours and do nothing. Stare at a TV for four hours and uh, hope for the best. Yeah, I'm, t- I'm telling you the truth. This is your time to shine. This is your time to change your life. This is your time to say, yep, I'm going to do, I'm going to take Ben's advice and I'm going to get healthy. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to walk. I'm going to quit eating the, the crap that I've been eating. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to live better. I'm going to sleep better. And I'm going to try to be a better person. That's all you can do. That's that's the only advice I can give you. But people don't listen. Because I've got plenty of time. I've, I've been down that road. I, I had the plenty of time syndrome. Time was on my side. But you find out that it really isn't. And time's going to come back and kick you in the ass. So... Do the right thing, please. Eat right, drink right, do right, be right. You'll live longer and you'll live happier. Thanks for sticking around and listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Stick around. We've got more coming at you. All right, hold on. We'll be right back. And we're back. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur, and welcome back to the program. Well, <clears throat> today, um, this morning, actually, I got a very interesting text message from uh, well, the woman that I'm in love with. And uh, her simple request was, when do I get to enjoy some happiness? And actually, I've been pondering that all day. And you know what? Here's the thing. I don't have any answer directly for her or anybody else. Happiness is what you make when you make it. I think what we do, and it's the greatest disservice we do to ourselves, is we set our expectations way too high. I, by nature, am a pessimist. I see the glasses half empty, but sometimes I see it as half full. But being a pessimist kind of shields you from a lot of heartache. Simply because I'm already, when I, when I would go to work, I was already expecting something bad to happen. So that way when it did, I wasn't surprised. 
I took it in stride and roll with the punches because that's what you have to do. Uh, my brother-in-law has a much more simpler way to look at it and that was a quote from his dad which is suck it up buttercup which means this is the dish you've been handed out you've got a choice eat it or don't eat it and when you're in business and you're at work you got to eat it and you have to roll on you have to carry on I mean that's just what you do when your co-workers getting up in your shit you got a choice you can either punch them out and risk your job your 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 chance to get fired or you continue to roll on with it and put up with it till the end of the day. And, and it suffices to say that the day will end. And you roll on. But when you set your expectations so high and they don't come to fruition, you're very depressed and you're, and you're downtrodden and you're, and you're hurt. Perfect example is Christmas time and uh, Thanksgiving time. We have these grand illusions that the whole family is just going to hold hands and sing Kumbaya and tell each other how much they love them until Uncle Dave gets drunk and tries to feel up somebody's wife. And then a fight breaks out and the kids become upset. And the police have to be called because Dave pulled a knife on Uncle Charlie. And that goes down in the books for Christmas of 2020. God forbid what 2021 is going to look like. And every year, many, many, many of us go through this. Hey, you know, the way I see it, if I'm lucky to eat some bird on Thanksgiving Day, that's a good day. You know... If I can get, you know, and my family, you, you have to also remember, my family is very small. When we're all together, it's 10 people, maybe 12. Because the family has grown so far apart. Right now, the immediate family is me, my mom, my dad, my sister, and her husband, my brother-in-law. He's a good guy. I mean, I love him dearly. But... Uh, I mean, we have our moments, too, simply because of expectations. I have, I have no expectations. I don't go into on Christmas Day that I'm going to get something, because if I don't, then I'm going to be brokenhearted that nobody thought of me. But that's just the way it goes. Uh, it's like my birthday's coming up very soon. And two people have already pointed it out to me, two of the technicians at my clinic who were updating my my uh, my readings on my blood pressures and they look at everything because they both mentioned oh your birthday's coming up and I was like yeah all that means is I'm going to get one I'm going to come have completed one more year around the sun and hopefully I'll live to see the next one and so on and so forth there's going to be there won't be any cake there won't be any fanfare I have no expectations. I can't. I'm not going to hurt myself because I used to hurt myself as a kid. And then as you got older, things started to change and then you then you end up with a therapist. <laughs> Guess what? I do have a therapist. That's funny, but it's not because of my expectations. I've never deluded myself. 
I try not to. And I think that bothers a lot of people. But uh, it's my nature. And I don't fault anybody else for expecting the best. I think you should. I don't. You know, so maybe when things start to boil up a little, you might want to tone it down a bit simply because it won't end up good for you. Because if you do decide to punch your coworker because they're being a dick or a bitch, you might lose your job. And that was not in the cards at all. You weren't expecting that. So, happiness, it is what it is. Nobody guarantees it, although the Constitution guarantees the pursuit of happiness. They don't guarantee you're going to find happiness because it's a, it is a pursuit. You spend your life trying to find happiness. Some people find happiness with a gallon of chocolate ice cream. Some people, after 50 or 60 years, find the person of their dreams and settle down. And what you wanted when you were 17, you had to wait till you were 60 to get. But you're happy. And then you die. Because that's the way the world works. Oh, yeah, yeah. Some people live to be 100, 110. Some people have the luxury of being a couple married for 70 years of bliss. It's not always bliss. Look at your parents. Look at your life growing up. Was it always bliss? No, of course not. It's like uh, the Biden-Harris ticket are trying to sell us this utopian paradise of all of conformality and everybody's going to be equal and everybody's going to hold hands and sing Kumbaya. I can guarantee you that's not going to happen. It can't because we're all human. We're all different. We're all we all have very different expectations, and that's one thing they can't guarantee. They can't guarantee your happiness or your expectations. Happiness is that state of mind where nothing matters. It's almost like being in a nexus where it's total bliss and oh I wanted to mention the last sentence about the utopian society they're trying to build utopia is uh, I believe is a Czechoslovakian word for nowhere because utopia doesn't exist unless you're talking about heaven but you gotta die to go there and a lot of people are waiting for their time to die so they can go to heaven. But then again, your life doesn't guarantee you're going to go to heaven. And is there happiness in heaven? They say there is. I don't know. I won't know until I die. And who knows, you may be asked to take the, 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 ele the freight elevator downstairs for a good part of eternity. I don't know. But... Uh, I know some people that I think have found happiness. My friend Jesse and his wife. He seems like a pretty happy guy. But then again, he was always pretty much a well-rounded guy from when I knew him when he was single. And I know a few other people that I think they're, they're fairly happy. I mean, I don't... 
I don't know their home life because I don't live with them 24 7. Uh, and I have some friends that are married couples that seem to be quite happy. But I know a lot of single people that aren't because they're so chasing that dream, they're still pursuing that happiness. Now, it may come to them one day, and it may not, because it's a pursuit. It's something that you're always going to be running and looking for. I know I have. And just when I think I got it, it eludes me again. Now, that doesn't make me a bad person. I just haven't found what I'm looking for. And there's a lot of songs about all that. Chasing a dream. Hanging on a prayer. I'm searching. One day you'll find it. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't have all the answers to everything. All I can tell you is what I think. Now, you may say, Ben, you're just totally out in left field. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. Maybe so. I'll give you, I'll, granted, I'll give you that. But then again, you can't guarantee me anything either. That's for sure. You know, so, as far as happiness, do the best you can. It's a dream. Chase it. There's nothing wrong with that. Pursue to your heart's content the dream that is happiness, the place that gives you bliss and will give you an eternity of, of eternal joy. I hope you find it. And if you do, let me know. I'd love to hear from you. And in the pursuit of that happiness, let me just say, live your life as if every day was your last. And as you live that life, laugh at everything you come across, especially yourself. Because if you can't laugh at yourself, who can you laugh at? And then the most important thing is to love. Love everybody in this beautiful world because you may never run into them again. And you should be thankful for having known them that brief moment in time. And love yourself. Love that person that, you, that looks back at you when you see yourself in the mirror. Because he or she needs you desperately. Live, laugh, love. That's my mantra. It may not mean much to you, but it means quite a bit to me. It's something that I try, and I'm not always successful at it. I screw up sometimes. I drop the ball. Because I'm only human. Just like everybody else in this world is. So, this is going to be the end of this episode. I thank you for listening. I hope I piqued some interest. Maybe it blew your mind a little bit. I don't know. But uh, stay out there, stay positive, And let not your heart be troubled. It's going to get rough. And it's going to get rougher. There's going to be really rough days. And there's going to be some smooth days. But let not your heart be troubled. Take care. 
and I will see you next time on the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. That and many thanks to Anchor Radio for putting my podcast out there on Overcast, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. I'm out there, folks. If you want to take a listen, it's the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. These are the Chairland Chronicles, signing off.